Hello and welcome to Father Luke's homilies. This homily was preached in the Catholic parish of Brandon and Mildenhall for the third Sunday in Ordinary Time, ESC. I pray that this homily is of some use to you. God bless you. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Seeing that many others have undertaken to draw up accounts of the events that have taken place among us, exactly as these were handed down to us by those who from the outset were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word, I, in my turn, after carefully going over the whole story from the beginning, have decided to write an ordered account for you, Theophilus, so that your excellency may learn how well-founded The teaching is that you have received. Jesus, with the power of the Spirit in him, returned to Galilee, and his reputation spread throughout the countryside. He taught in their synagogues, and everyone praised him. He came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day, as he usually did. He stood up to read, And they handed him the scroll of the prophet Isaiah. Unrolling the scroll, he found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord has been given to me, for he has anointed me. He has sent me to bring the good news to the poor, to proclaim liberty to captives, and to blind new sight, to set the downtrodden free, to proclaim the Lord's year of favour. He then rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the assistant, and sat down. And all eyes in the synagogue were fixed on him. Then he began to speak to them. This text is being fulfilled today, even as you listen. The Gospel of the Lord. In 1943, Pope Pius XII issued an encyclical letter about the Church. It was called Mystici Corporis Christi, or the Mystical Body of Christ. And in it, the letter reflected the teaching of St. Paul that we hear in today's second reading. Jesus is the head of the body, the Church, and we are its members. The Pope spoke about the love of Christ for every member of his church and of the love by which we are called to respect and to value one another. And of course, this beautiful teaching was being given at a time when the whole world was locked into the most brutal and bloodthirsty war in the history of humankind. The Second World War was uh, trapped people, sorry, in a frightening grip of mutual destructiveness. If ever there was a 
an ironic contrast between theory and practice. It was this letter and that war. Remember also, Christians were fighting on both sides. Members of the body of Christ were killing other members of the body of Christ. In Germany itself, the very centre of that dreadful conflict, the Catholic Bishop of Munster faithfully tended to his flock. His name was Clemens von Galen. A bishop since 1933, he had spoken out against Hitler's Nazis on many occasions. And as the bombing of the German cities increased, von Galen, like so many others, lost almost everything. At the end of the war, he was summoned to Rome to be made a cardinal. And then he returned to Munster in March 1946. And there, amidst the shattered ruins of his city and his cathedral, 50,000 people gathered to welcome him and to listen to his words. And as the people faced the future and began to rebuild the devastated country, the cardinal thanked them for their constancy and for recognising his duty to speak clearly and plainly to them about the evil that was being done in their name by the Nazis. Von Galen's motto as bishop was, neither with praise nor fear. Neither with praise nor fear. He would not allow fear or favour to influence him in his duty to God and to God's people. He died shortly after returning to his city, faithful to that motto. When Jesus returns to Nazareth, his hometown, in the early days of his preaching ministry, he too will not be influenced by fear or by favour. St. Luke tells us that Jesus comes with the power of the Spirit in him. What he had to say and do will be done in a confident manner, not timid, not boastful, but with a gentle assuredness. Jesus stands up among his own people who knew him well, and he makes an outstanding statement. He is the one sent by God to bring good news to all the people. That's what he says. He is saying, in effect, that he is the fulfilment of all that the people had hoped for. That's an extraordinary thing for him to say and an amazing thing to hear. A carpenter from Nazareth is the fulfilment of this world's dreams of peace and happiness. How can this be? Well, it has been the role of each generation since to ask that question and to try to rediscover the answer. For Jesus in his own body, in his own life, death and resurrection is the witness to the truth of what he says. His behaviour in life, his encounters with people, his wonderful teaching, his humble suffering, his patient endurance, his rising in glory, all bear witness to the truth of those words he spoke one quiet Sabbath morning in Nazareth long ago. Every Sunday Mass re-enacts that 
Sabbath day in Nazareth. The synagogue in Nazareth wasn't that big. I've actually been there. I've been to the ruins. It's not much bigger than this church. It was a community, not similar, a small community that Jesus came and preached into. And we relive that moment every Sunday. In this world, the church is now the mystical body of Christ. And every member of it is to be a witness to the Lord. Every member, you and I, we are Christ's body, the church. We say that. How often do we think about what that reality means? Each one of us has been anointed by the Lord in baptism. Each one of us has received the spirit of a living God. Each one of us is called to bring the good news to the poor, to proclaim liberty to captives, to set the downtrodden free, to speak out against injustice. Each of us is called, like Cardinal von Galen, without praise or fear, to live our faith, witness to our faith, to speak out against injustice and to serve one another. Christ's mission is our mission. It's one and the same. So what are we doing about it? How are we authentically the church in our world? Our workplaces, our schools, our homes, our families. Do people look at us and see Jesus? These are tough questions, I know. For we are sinful human beings. We get things wrong. We make mistakes. And yet, into our brokenness, God pours his grace and power and his love. And he does this so that we can be power and love for others. We are broken, fragile vessels which contain a great treasure. So let us never despise that treasure and let us never use our brokenness as an excuse for hiding the gift that we have received. Let us rather humbly and boldly without fear and without praise, live the gospel we profess. The church at this time is asking all of us to engage in a period of serious listening and reflection as we discern how to live as the body of Christ more authentically in our modern world. I encourage all of you, if you haven't done so already, to go to our website, to look at the materials on the global um, church's consultation process. And we'll be releasing more materials um, in the next uh, few weeks. There is an online survey which every baptised Catholic and anyone who has an opinion is invited to fill out, to give feedback in this global consultation. As members of Christ's body, God's Priestly people, please engage in this process. For we are the body of Christ. He is amongst us here at our Eucharist today. Here in this Mass stands the Lord of life, just as in Nazareth long ago. Isaiah's text is read again. 
and is being fulfilled even as we listen. It is being fulfilled with us and in us. Amen. Thank you for listening to my homily podcast. For more information about the Catholic Parish at Brandon and Mildenhall, please go to our website, which is stthomas-stjohnparish.com. That's stthomas-stjohnparish.com. If you want to read more articles and stories and theological reflections, please check out my blog at fatherlukegoymore.com. That's fatherlukegoymore.com. Feel free also to follow me on Twitter at Father Luke G and Instagram at Father Luke Goymore. Stay safe and God bless you. <laughs>